0: Hi, this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach Denton, Texas. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God. Evangelism, write this down. The practice of spreading the gospel. That's what evangelism is. The practice of spreading the gospel. Don't answer the question tonight to me, but answer it to yourself. Do you evangelize? Do you practice the spreading of Of the gospel. Now let's look at what the remedy is again to this. Okay, and what I want to talk about is John the Baptist. How many remember John the Baptist? Have you ever heard of John the Baptist? He came before Jesus and he paved the way for Jesus. And I want to look at what what John the Baptist preached. There was only one thing he really preached. And this is the verse in Matthew. I'm going to put this up. It's a very short verse. And and this is where you need to realize how we evangelize. Matthew chapter 3, verse 2 says, Repent. Say that with me. Repent. repent. That's what the world needs to do. That's what is a revi- what starts a revival and makes a revival is repentance. P- people saying, I'm sorry for my sins, watch. repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Church, I could get up, listen to me closely, Let's turn a little more, more lights up on here. I could I, I, I want to see your faces tonight. I could uh, say this message every service, Sunday, Wednesday, Sunday, Wednesday, Sunday, Wednesday, and preach no other message, and we would get people saved, and we'd be doing the will of God. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That What that means is, is at any moment, the kingdom could start, and we'll be in the kingdom of heaven with God, but if we don't repent, what did that video tell us? There's another place. Now, the interesting thing about this video is all three, and I like that he used celebrities, I like that he used people that are famous because all three of them had truths. Very interesting that they had truths. I was thinking Muhammad Ali picked the wrong wrong, uh, career. He should have been a preacher. Amen? That's a pretty good example about eternity, wasn't it? And he believed believed in hell. That's one thing the Muslims get right. They've got that right, that there's a hell. They preach hell. But the problem is, is that he, unless he put his faith in Jesus Christ, is not in heaven tonight. He is in that hell he described in that video, unless he put his faith in Jesus. Because the Islamic religion preaches and teaches that the only way that you can get to heaven is that you do more good than bad. Now just to start off with that, how many know that's a scary thought? That's a scary thought, that your eternity, if, I mean think tonight if that's what we taught. Think if that's what the Bible, even even if that was what the Bible taught. If truth was that the way you're going to get to heaven is that you're going to do more right than wrong, but you're never really going to know if you did or not until you get there. That means nobody could die with an assurance. I can tell you that Muhammad Ali went to his death, which was just a few years ago, not sure where he was going to spend eternity, And even though he believed hell was real, he did not know till he got to to eternity. Because all he knew was that hell was real. But he didn't know he didn't have a remedy. Remedy. Elon Musk said a very, very true truth. He said, I'll probably go to hell. That's sad that he feels that way. But he said, and so is the multitude of the world. That's the truth. Is that what God wanted? No. But how many know that's the truth? Today, most people, unfortunately, are going to hell, and church, one of the big reasons is, is because we don't do our job. Let's just hit ourselves in the gut. We don't, we, we're too busy with life, we're too busy with, with jobs, we're too busy with careers, we're too busy with other things. And I know we have to do all those things, church, but we don't talk about Jesus enough. And so that's why so many people are going to hell. What if we would start waking up every day and saying, who can I talk to today? And who can I tell today that they need to repent? What if we just walked around and just said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand? That's a conversation starter. Hey, nice to meet you. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. They're giving you your food at uh, at the restaurant. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. They're giving you your groceries. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. They're giving you your keys at the old change place. Hey, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. You know that's what John the Baptist did? He just walked around and told people, repent for the kingdom of God or kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now, watch this. Stay with me here. Repentance refers to a change of mind. How many know the world needs to change their mind? which implies a sorrow for past offenses. I'm going to push through this quickly. 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 10. Watch what this says. For godly sorrow produces repentance leading to salvation. For godly sorrow produces repentance leading to salvation. Not to be regretted, but the sorrow of the world produces death. So there, when a person repents... They are having a deep remorse for what they've done, and they're saying, "I'm sorry for committing sin against God." You did not get that out of the second and third person at all. They said, "Well, I'm going to hell, and that's where I'm going, and my friends going with me. That this, if that, you know, I'm going to party in hell." So people say that there's this there's this thinking, somehow, some way that. If hell exists, that's just a place that people go that are cool. And, and, and that's not the truth. Can I get an amen? amen. Psalms 51.4. This is where we have to, this, we need to get people to understand, church. What I'm trying to say, let me just say this real quick is, we need people to know that Jesus loves them. Okay? But don't let's write me too much yet. But more than Jesus loving them, they also need to know that they're going to hell. In other words, you're, you're, tra- you're getting the cart before the horse because you're trying to tell somebody that they've, you've got a remedy for something they don't believe they have. You following me? If I tell you, if I met you and I said, you have cancer, here's a pill for your cancer. If they hadn't heard from a doctor that they have cancer, they're not going to take the pill. We need to make sure people understand and have a confrontation in their hearts and spirits that there is a hell that exists. And then we need to leave them with the understanding that they need to think about their soul. Can can I get an amen? David says, against you, you only have I sinned. How does a person get to the place where they realize they've sinned? Someone has to tell them they're a sinner. How can I confess my sins? How can I repent of sins if nobody tells me I'm a sinner? says, I have sinned against you. I've done this evil in your sight that you may be found. Watch this. That you may be found just when you speak and blameless when you judge. How many know God is a, a judge? How many of you heard me say at the altar call, you're going to stand before Jesus as your Savior or you're going to stand before Jesus as your judge? He's a just judge. Okay? Now, watch this. As we have this decision to start turning from sin to God, I want you to think about the first words that Jesus said. The very first words of his ministry was not, I came to this earth to save the world. That wasn't the first thing he said. He echoed John the Baptist, Matthew 4, 17, It says, from that time, Jesus began to preach and say, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So now we're seeing Jesus echo John's words. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Church, we've got to get the world to understand. We've got to leave that thought with them that they are in need of a Savior, that they need help. I hope I'm, trying, I'm getting this across, that, that just telling somebody that Jesus loves them or just telling them that uh, God's got a plan for their life or just telling them these exciting things does not help them have a reality check with their soul. Does not make them think about eternity. I would rather walk away. Now listen, if you know me, I love people. I'm personable. I like to talk to people. But when I walk away from somebody, I would rather have them be thinking about their eternity than how good of a spokesperson I was. Do you, are you following me? We have to, this is why John said, re, he, repent. And the people were like, well, repent. And the Pharisees were like, well, repent. But repent. That was his answer. Because repentance is what starts salvation. I am a sinner. God is perfect. And I can't get to him. That was what the video is about. Hell exists. What's the remedy? And just like those three people in the video, most people in this world don't know what the remedy is. Because you know what most people will say when you ask them? If you do, which you should. Have you ever thought about where you're going to go when you die? Has anybody, I don't want you to raise your hands. I don't want to see any response. I just want you to ask yourself. Has anybody asked anybody this week, do you know where you're going to go when you die? Have you you brought that question to anybody's attention? Have you got them to think at all about their eternity, even since Sunday when we talked about it? That's the question. I, I I had lunch with someone this week who's a new convert in our church. And they said the thing that changed my life was when we went to lunch the very first time. And, and I took you out to lunch, I, I wanted to talk to you more, I, and I didn't know anything about God. And you asked me, do you know where you're going to spend eternity? And he said, I've never forgotten those words. We need to leave that thought with people. That's evangelism. Now, g- g- understand, we're going to get in a second to what the good news is. But how many understand that you can't give someone good news if there hasn't been bad news first? Good news overcomes bad news. If they don't know what the bad news is, they're not going to accept or want the good news. How many how many smart people in here when someone says I've got good news and bad news, how many are with me that when they ask which one do you want to hear first, you say I want the bad news first? Isn't that the right way? Nobody wants the the good news second or first. You want the bad news first and then you want the good news second because the good news overcomes the bad news. In, in other words, the good news is the bad news is wrong. But if you don't know the bad news, the good news can't overcome it. So we're out telling people a lot of times what we think is the good news. We're telling them Jesus loves them. We're telling them Jesus died on the cross for their sins, but they don't really understand what that means because they don't really understand where they're going and what they've been saved from. Amen. This is important. And this is what we're seeing in the scriptures here. So he says, repent for the kingdom of heaven is is at hand. Now, the good news is, sorry, the gospel means, the word gospel means good news. And we have the good news tonight. But listen to this. While many well-meaning Christians begin their evangelistic efforts, if they're soul winning, if they're witnessing, if they're sharing their faith, they're doing exactly what I'm talking about. They're sharing the good news without telling the people what the good news overcame. Think about telling somebody, have you thought about lately when you're going to die? How many would agree that most people don't think enough about eternity? Would anybody agree with me on that? It's probably the, not probably, it's the most important thing we can think about. And it's the thing we think about the least. In general, the the world's population, if you were to go around, if if I got a microphone, went to downtown square tonight and asked people, hey, Are you thinking about eternity? How many people you think would say, yeah, I'm thinking about it right now. No, I'm thinking about what I'm going to eat for dinner. I'm thinking about where I'm going to go get a drink. I'm thinking about the job today. I'm thinking about what i got to do tomorrow. I'm thinking about this and that and the other. But they're not thinking about eternity. Yet that's the thing that's going to last forever. That's the thing that we really should be thinking about. So we need to get them to think about that. So listen to this. Four things I want you to write down. Real quick, I'm going to run through them. Four things to make this all make sense. Why, why it's important to get people to understand that they need a Savior. Number one is, we have to, people have to understand that, that man is separated from God by sin. Okay? This is part of the Roman road right here. Romans 3.23 says, for all have sinned. How many know all is everybody? And fall short of the glory of God. You could say to somebody, "Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand." What do you mean? For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That's the Roman Road, the beginning of the Roman Road. You have to get people to understand they're a sinner before they can understand they need a Savior. Secondly, Psalms seven eleven. Watch this, Psalms seven eleven. God is a just God. And is angry with the wicked every day. That means if they're not saved, you can quote this scripture. And by the way, we should quote the scripture more when we're witnessing. But we can't quote what we don't read. So we have to read the Bible. And if we quote the Bible, God will speak for himself. So I'm trying to teach you tonight is we need to give people the word. Speak the word of God to people and let God's word penetrate their heart. Amen? How many know this is a conversation starter? Hey, nice to meet you. Did you know God's mad at you? What do you mean? Are you wicked? What do you mean? Me? No, I'm a good person. Well, what makes you good? There's so many ways to start conversation. I don't know how to witness. Practice try open your mouth amen give someone a track church we're going to answer to god for this it's really the only reason we're here is to get people saved this is what it's about your na- all you said i've got neighbors i've got co-workers i've got family members and if you've been witnessing to them praise god but if you haven't you need to start And you need to get them to understand that there's a hell waiting for them if they don't change their lives. This is not our words, church. We are just messengers. Stop trying to sound a certain way and just tell people what the Bible says. Let God speak for himself. Quote the scriptures. God is a just God, and he's angry with the wicked every day. Third. Death and judgment are inevitable. How many know we're going to die? Anybody in here not going to die? Only if we go in the rapture and that's all of our hope. Death and judgment are inevitable. You know what people do? How many have ever heard of out of sight, out of mind? Well, if I don't think about it, then it won't happen. If I don't think about death, I won't die. If I don't think about hell, it doesn't exist. Out of sight, out of mind. You know what our job is, church? Our job is to get that out of sight, out of mind, out of their mind. Our job is to get hell and eternity and where they're going to spend it in their mind. Is anybody following me tonight? That's what we need to do. We need to make people think about their eternity. And I'd rather walk away from them and have them mad at me and have them thinking about eternity Then see them in in Judgment Day and have them shake their fist at me if that's something they could do and tell me you never told me about heaven or hell. Amen? That's why it's a collision of souls. Because you're more concerned about them being saved than you are how they think about you. The reason we don't get anybody saved is we're too concerned about what they're going to think about us. Well, how do you think they're going to think about you when they realize that you had the truth and you didn't tell them? Think about that for a second. How do you think your family members, your neighbors, your friends, and I'm not talking about neighbors that you've never talked to or have never had contact with. I'm talking about opportunities that you've had and you've missed them. And if you've missed them tonight, it's time next time you have the opportunity to not miss it and tell these people about Jesus, and tell them about eternity, and tell them about hell, and tell them what the Bible says, so that they can at least make their own decision. And when, he, when, when Muhammad Ali was speaking in that video, he had an understanding that somebody taught him that hell was real. The example he gave, I've given one before, and I thought it was good. The example he gave was better than mine, about the Sahara Desert. That was a powerful example. Did y'all pay attention to that? All the desert in the Sahara Desert, one sand equals 1,000 years in hell. And when you pick up all those pieces of sand on the Sahara Desert, eternity begins. So he had an understanding. Somebody spoke something to him. About hell and got hit, and you heard in the video there. I, I don't. I, I got to think. I mean, it was a great statement in the beginning. People don't spend enough time thinking about eternity. The problem is, he didn't get the good news. He didn't get the follow-up that Jesus is the way to not go to hell. But church, we have to. We have to do this. We have to tell people so that they're not angry at us down the road. Let them be angry at you now. Look at Hebrews 9.27 says, death is inevitable and judgment. It is appointed for man to die once and then comes what? You tell people, when you die, and you hear me say it all the time, you're going to stand before God and you're going to give an account for your life. Now, if we don't continue here for a moment and talk about some key verses that I'm going to finish with, How many know that's a very scary feeling right there? That should scare all of us to death. If that doesn't scare you, put a fear in you, a godly fear, something's wrong with you. That we're going to die and and everyone's going to get judged. Not by our peers, but by a perfect God. A holy God. A, a God that in our powers, we could never even get in the same universe with. That's, that's what's waiting for us. And number four is, we're incapable of doing anything about the first three I just read. Let me read them to you again. Number one, we're separated from God by our sin. Number two, God hates sin and is angry with wicked people. Number three, we're all going to die, and we're all going to stand in judgment. And number four, we can't do anything in our own ability to fix that. Now, if we end there, that's where we really need the good news. But how many know that now, even us here in church, that are believers, are thinking, man, I need some good news right now. I need, I, need, I need an antidote here. I realize that I'm a sinner. I'm separated from God and he hates sin. I'm going to be judged by him for my sin. And I can't in my own power do anything about that. Imagine if I just said, let's go home now. Imagine. What, what hope do we have tonight? That's, that's humanity, but here's the problem. Humanity doesn't know those three things. Because no one's telling them about it. So humanity doesn't need a savior because they don't know that they're going to hell. Are y'all following me? What have you ever heard someone say, hey, you go, go hey, have you been are you saved? Saved from what? It's a good question. You know, a lot of people don't even tell them the answer. I've heard people witness. Hey, are you saved? Saved from what? And then hell. Is the answer. Hell. Eternity in hell. And they, they would say, well, why, why, would I, why would I go to hell? I'm a good person. That's what most people think. If you witness, you're going to hear people when you ask them, have you thought about eternity? Yes or no. And if they say yes or no, you're going to say, well, if you died today, where would you go? And you know what their answer is going to be? Most of the time, I think I, I, I might go to heaven. Oh, I wish I would like to think I'd go to heaven. Or, I don't know. Very rarely do you find someone that just very clearly says, oh, I'm going to heaven. And if they do, then they're a believer. Think about it. Most of the time it's, I don't know. Why? Because I haven't thought about it. Or, I'm not really sure. Because church, listen, without Jesus we can't be sure. What other answer do you expect? Even, even go to the Islamic religion. How's that, how's that Muslim going to tell you, yeah, I, I know exactly where I'm going when they can't. Because they're not going to know till they stand on judgment day. Go, go back to that verse. No, you don't have to put it up. But just think about the verse I just read. It's appointed a man, for all men to die once and then comes judgment. So we're all going to stand before God. If we don't have Jesus step in then we're going to stand before God, and none of us are going to know if we're going to heaven or hell till we stand before Him. How many don't want to wait until you stand before Him to know if you're going to heaven or hell? That's not the idea. Yet, countless people tonight have passed into eternity and are going to stand before the judge. And that judge is going to say, as you saw in the video, you owe for this and this and that and this and that and that and this and this. And it's gonna, What are you going to say for that? And then already in eternity, what are they going to say? Well, I was a good person. Well, I tried to be a good person. Well, I didn't. Whatever answer it's going to be, it's not going to fly. Depart from me, doer of iniquity. I know you're not. This fourth part, I'm incapable. Would you say that with me? I'm incapable of doing anything about it. Here's what here's what the, here's what the Bible tells us about that. Isaiah sixty four six. Most of you have heard this verse, and we're just going to read the top part. The part doesn't mean the bottom part doesn't matter, but part A. We are all like unclean an unclean thing, and watch this. All our righteousness is like filthy rags. So, you've heard me say it before, on your very best day, lost. That's not going to fly in heaven from a teacher or a preacher or a church that believes in good works and says, man, I have have crossed that old lady across the street. I have given to charity. I've tried my best to love people. I've tried my best to do this and that. It's not going to fly. He's going to say, that righteousness is filthy rags in my eyes. It's not going to fly. But the good news is 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Here's the good news. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. And behold, all things have become new. Now, all things are of God. Who has reconciled us. You know what we need to be doing? Reconciling people. To us, us, sorry, us to himself through Jesus Christ. And look what our ministry is tonight. Look what every single one of our ministry is. The ministry of reconciliation. Our job, church, our call is to reconcile people to Jesus. But you can't reconcile something if you don't know it's broke. They have to know how lost they are so we can show them that they can be found. And then the good news is, leave that there for just a second, this is the most important part. Man's not involved. Is anybody thankful here tonight that your salvation has this much to do with man? Zero. Zero. Because when man gets involved, everything gets messed up. But we have a God who has reconciled us, who has given us a way out, who has given us a plan of salvation, who has given us a way to be saved that has nothing to do with us or anybody on this earth, but everything to do with Him and what He did. Watch this next verse. That is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them. You owe that, but you put your faith in Jesus, so I'm wiping it away. That's what the judge says. This is the part where this is good news because now we're standing before the judge and we have an advocate. And it says, and has committed to us, again, The word of reconciliation. Keep reading. Now, look at the person next to you and say, you're you're an ambassador. What's an ambassador? Someone who represents somebody in another country. A person who represents their country in another country. This is one of the reasons we're not effective witnesses. It's because we haven't realized this is in our world. We're just passing through. We're representing Jesus on this earth for eternity. We're his ambassadors for Christ as though God, through Pastor Blake tonight, is pleading through us. I'm pleading with you tonight. God is pleading with you through me. That we would be reconciled. Don't put that next verse up. That we would be reconciled. To God, Church, our neighbors, our co-workers, our families, and our enemies need to be reconciled to God tonight. But it's not anything we do. It's not anything you do. It's not anything they do. It's what Jesus did. What Jesus did. For us, all we need to do is be the messenger. Deliver the package. But church, we need to deliver the whole package, not just what sounds good. We need to get these people to understand hell is real. Oh, I just don't want to offend anybody. Hell is real. And it's hot. And it's eternal. And it's separation from God, church. And we need to have an urgency in our spirits that all our job is is to tell people. We can't change anybody, but we're supposed to tell them. Last verse. Watch this. This is the gospel. I've told you before. Take this verse out of the Bible and you could preach to anyone in the world. For he, God, made him Jesus, who knew no sin, watch this, to be sin for us. That we, you better meditate on this verse for a while, that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. Mm. Leave that verse up, please. Father, tonight, at this verse, burn in our spirits, burn in our souls. You who knew no sin made Him, Jesus, to become sin. For us, to take our place, to die for us, to reconcile us back to you, not by anything that I could do, lest I should boast, not by works, lest I should boast. Church, nobody will be able to be in heaven because of anything they did, they'll only be there because they believed. It's all about Jesus. It's all about him dying for us. And then he says something so amazing. I I don't care who the best person in the history of this world is. And if we could look back and see works, there would be somebody who would be the best person in this world. Who is the closest thing to Jesus that's ever walked this earth. Are you listening to me as your heads are bowed and eyes closed? Just think of that person. That one person who was, if if we had a way to find out, was the most righteous person to ever walk the face of the earth. Out of all the humanity that's ever lived, that person, we would give them a trophy and say, you're the most holy, righteous, closest thing to Jesus ever. Might have been John the Baptist. But whoever it is, is not even in the same universe of goodness close enough to be able to even stand and stare at God because he's so righteous and holy and perfect. Yet, that being said, he says somehow in his amazing grace, not only am I going to forgive you for your sins, I'm going to make you the righteousness of God my crown. I'm going to make you that. What a miracle. But church, we cannot appreciate this if we don't know what we've been saved from. Once you realize, and that's why Jesus talked more about hell than he did heaven, why don't we start following Jesus' example? He talked more about hell than he did heaven because he didn't want people to go there. Help us tonight, Jesus. Help us to be the bridge. Help us to to understand the collision of souls. Help us to be evangelists, which are people who practice. Practice. Practice makes perfect. It means it's something we do frequently. Practice spreading the gospel. All we can do is tell people, Jesus. That's all we can do is tell people. You're the one that changes people. You're the one that transforms people. You're the one that changes their lives. But, God, it's our job. Somehow, for some reason, you chose that we would be your ambassadors. God, I ask for me personally tonight. I can't say this for anybody else, and I say it from the bottom of my heart before you tonight. Please forgive me for not being the ambassador that you deserve me to be. I want to be a better ambassador. I want to be a better representation of who you are on this earth, and I want people to know the good, the bad, and the ugly. And, Lord, when I tell them the ugly and the bad, it makes them appreciate the good. All across this place tonight, Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. The Spirit of God is touching hearts, transforming lives, quickening and challenging you to be a greater ambassador as well as if you're a believer tonight. And those that are watching online, those that are homesick, those that are out and can't be here, you're watching tonight, you're listening tonight. Jesus is speaking to you. He's imploring through me to you. Please tell people, I came to save them from hell. Hell was not made for them. I came to save them from them. I'm a righteous God, and the only way you can come to me is through Jesus. How many in this place tonight, honest hearts, could say, Pastor, I'm not saved tonight. I'm not born again. If I died tonight and I stood before that righteous judge, I would not know what to say. Just lift up your hand. Put it right back down and say, pray for me, please. Tonight, I don't want to walk out of this place lost. Pray for me. Pray for me. Speak to me, Jesus. Touch me, Holy Spirit. That's me. If you're watching online, you need Jesus tonight. Call on the name. Of the Lord and you shall be saved. Believe on the name of the Lord and you shall be saved. Acts 16 31 says. Let's stand to our feet tonight, all across this place. Before we open up these altars, before we spend some time asking God to help us be better ambassadors. Church, this isn't a message to make you feel bad. It's a message to tell us we got to do more. We got to do more. We got to, we got to implore. We got to, we got to pray. We got to seek. We got to be confrontive. We got to be conflictive. Sometimes we got to open our mouths and do better at telling people where they're going, letting them think about it. Eternity. As heads are bowed and eyes are closed and those watching online, listening on the podcast, you can call on Jesus' name tonight. I I gave an an altar call here in this service with people in the seats, and only God knows if everybody in this place is saved. They'll stand before God one day and they'll give an account of God for their lives. But if you're listening and you've never said the sinner's prayer, if you've never put your faith in Jesus, repeat this after me. Lord Jesus. I'm a sinner I'm wicked I'm the one you're mad at because I don't know Jesus and my sins have caused me to be far away from you falling short of your glory and the wages of my sin is death says your word but the gift of God is eternal life Jesus, forgive me for my pride, for my anger, for my ignorance, for running from you, for not believing that you came to take my place on that cross. Tonight, I believe. I confess with my mouth, Jesus Christ is Lord. And I believe in my heart, God raised him from the dead. And because of that alone, just what you did on that cross for me, and me believing and accepting it, I am saved. Wash me clean with your precious blood. Thank you for saving me from eternal damnation, from eternal punishment, from the fire of hell by your grace. God's riches at Christ's expense. I thank you. Change my life tonight. Make me a new creation. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks again for listening. If you want to hear more messages, please subscribe to our podcast channel. And if you like it, consider rating it and sharing it with your friends. For more content from VWO Denton, go to our website at vwotexas.com.